This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, November 9th, 2023. I'm Jake Neer with Automotive News in Detroit in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, a major network outage hits Nissan and its retail network. EV startups temper expectations after a challenging third quarter and wholesale used car prices dip in October. Plus, we'll preview next week's LA Auto Show, where automakers plan to show off their new EVs amid growing questions about demand. I expect every OEM exhibit to include an all-electric, which I think is the first time every single one would have an all-electric on the floor. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Nissan is experiencing a widespread network outage in the U.S. and Canada. The automaker's systems have been down for the past two days, according to multiple sources who spoke with us at Automotive News. The outage, quote, pretty much affects all things Nissan, according to a source briefed on the matter. The person said, again, quote, you name it, it is affected. Nissan spokesperson Brian Brockman declined to comment on the reason for the interruption or say whether it was related to a cyber attack. In a memo to retailers, Nissan said the outage affects the company's internal email, applications, and after-sales technical call centers. Operations for Nissan's captive finance company, Nissan Motor Acceptance, are also affected. That includes credit application processing, funding of loan and lease contracts, and dealer financing. This is a developing story. You can find the latest at autonews.com. Meanwhile, Nissan more than doubled its profit in the latest quarter, driving the company to lift its full-year earnings forecast. CEO Makoto Uchida said Nissan is on the upswing thanks to robust business in North America, offsetting tough conditions in China where Japanese brands are suffering. Operating profit jumped to almost $1.4 billion in the company's fiscal second quarter, which ended on September 30th. That's up from $614 million a year earlier. Nissan's net income increased tenfold to almost $1.3 billion compared to under $118 million the year before. Revenue grew 25% to more than $21 billion in the three-month period, while global sales increased 11%. Looking ahead, Japan's number three automaker lifted its earnings outlook for the current fiscal year that ends on March 31st. It now predicts operating profit will jump 64% to $4.15 billion, while net income will climb 76% to more than $2.6 billion. Japan's number two automaker, Honda, is also lifting its earnings forecast. Profits climb by almost a third on higher vehicle sales and better pricing in the latest quarter. Operating profit at the automaker increased 31% to more than $2 billion. That's compared with $1.84 billion a year earlier. 
Revenue grew 17% to more than $33 billion in the three-month period, while global sales increased 6.5%. Things weren't so rosy for EV startups reporting third-quarter earnings. Polestar is trimming its 2023 delivery forecast to the lower end of its earlier guidance, and it halved its gross margin target. The moves come amid fears of a slowdown in EV demand and uncertainty about the global economy. The company now expects deliveries of about 60,000 this year. That's down from between 60,000 and 70,000. Revenue for the third quarter rose 41% to more than $613 million, driven primarily by increased prices of its vehicles. But higher expenses led to operating losses swelling 33% to more than $260 million. Lucid cut its 2023 production estimate for the Air Sedan. That's after reporting a $631 million net loss for the third quarter and a modest sales increase over the same period last year. The luxury EV maker now estimates full-year output at 8,000 to 8,500 vehicles, down from its previous estimate of, quote, more than 10,000 air sedans. Lucid reported third-quarter revenue of $138 million, compared with analyst estimates of $184 million, according to data provider LSEG. Lucid's net loss in the third quarter of 2022 was $530 million. And Fisker delayed its third quarter earnings report and conference call that was scheduled for Wednesday before the market opened. That sent its stock price sharply lower. The California EV startup said earnings have been rescheduled for November 13th after the market close, followed by a conference call. And wholesale used vehicle prices dipped near the end of October, according to two major indicators. Last week, Higher-than-typical seasonal wholesale price depreciation resumed, according to a market insight published this week by Black Book. It says that's due, in part, to the UAW and the Detroit 3 automakers reaching tentative deals to end the strike that began on September 15th. Cox Automotive says its Mannheim index fell 2.3% in October compared to September. Cox adjusts that figure for mix, mileage, and seasonality. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, the L.A. Auto Show kicks off next week. We'll talk about what to expect. That's next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy. No more excuses. No more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.
Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for a trade appraisal missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves, from appointment scheduling through final confirmation in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lane, GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. The LA Auto Show is a major new vehicle expo in the nation's biggest EV market, a perfect place for automakers to show off their new electrified models. And show organizers say there will be lots of them on display this year. But that's with one big exception among major automakers. Stellantis recently pulled out of the L.A. show, as well as the SEMA Expo and CES in Las Vegas, citing cost concerns due to the UAW strike. Our own Jamie Butters spoke with L.A. Auto Show Vice President of Marketing David Fortin about this year's event, which kicks off next week. Jamie reached him in L.A. David Fortin, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Hey, I'm sorry to start off with the bad news, but it had to be quite a blow for Stellantis to pull out of the show. Did you have any indication that was coming? You know, auto shows in general and us, we're 116 years and, you know, 116 years brings some ups and some downs. And the show's only canceled three times, World War One, World War Two and the pandemic. And ultimately, we, you know, we rise out of those moments and we're a reflection of what the current landscape is and what the future is holding. And this year, one of the great supporters of auto shows, you know, had to take a pause based on external circumstances. And of course we miss them. Uh, we're still talking to them. We'll keep talking to them. We'll talk about next year. We'll talk about what else we might do, but sure. I mean, we want as many brands as we can for folks to see. I mean, the LA show has been so important to, you know, Stellantis and its uh, predecessors. You know, it's where the plug-in Jeeps, the 4xEs uh, were announced. And of course, we had, they had long promised the 500E for this show. Uh, I guess they were going to do the Ram EV as well or with some news. So definitely a, a setback for them uh, and, uh, and, and as well for you. I mean, as you, as you noted, Stellantis and the Hyundai Motor Group have really been essential <laughs> to U.S. auto shows since the pandemic. It's safe to expect a pretty big presence from Hyundai again? Absolutely. Uh, Hyundai, Kia, Genesis are bringing some, some great stuff to the show. Like you said, they're, they're incredible supporters with their owners programs, as well as their prospecting and introducing people to the brand. Um, so yeah, it'll be a really strong Ford's got a great exhibit coming in. Um, so we're going to, we're, we're still going to have two very lively, uh, main halls this year. And, uh, electrification of course is a big part of the messaging this year. I, I expect every OEM exhibit to include an all electric, which I think is the first time every single one would have an all electric on the floor. 
So that's exciting as well. Uh, and we've got a lot of stuff around the, the convention center to complement these offerings as they're introduced. We've got a test drive with all electrics, which is a really nice addition this year. That's what consumers want. It's nice to ride along and it's a good experience. But at the end of the day, if they're interested, they want to drive it and feel it and see what's different. You know, the Los Angeles show, even more than most, has been really known for EVs. Are you concerned at all that EV growth is is slowing in the market? You you said consumers are interested. You, you don't get a sense that consumer enthusiasm is waning? Yeah, I think there's two sets probably. There's the greater market, and then there's the auto show fan. And our research shows that they're very interested and they want to educate themselves more. They want to understand incentives and tax rebates and all these programs that are being talked about in so many different ways that it's kind of hard to sift through it all and really get a sense of what's my opportunity here. And then, you know, the early adopters were, were all in kind of right away and California as a whole and certainly Southern California and Los Angeles, very green. Uh, so it's not a surprise that this is an important market for that. I think this year will be really telling. We got some research out there specifically asking people about EVs again and where are they in that sort of consideration journey. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what comes back this year versus last year because so much has changed in the landscape, you know, the last 12 months. Glad you raised that point about the education aspect of auto shows and uh, maybe the mass market doesn't quite see EVs fitting their needs yet, um, but they're trying to understand, well, what are the charging needs? What is the range opportunity? Uh, I know some of the displays sometimes talk about how to integrate, you know, batteries and home chargers. So that's really helpful, even if for people who maybe aren't going to buy their first EV until 2025 or 2028. Yeah, I mean, I think the 2035 mandate gets talked a lot about, you know, 100% of new car sales need to be zero emission vehicles, but there's a 2028 milestone, a 2026 milestone. So we are going to, you know, start to see more and more and people are going to have to educate themselves. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a 51 year old man and I've been doing something the same way since I was 16, you know, so it, it's a big thing to overcome for some people. And especially if you're not getting information in the way that's absorbable for you or the way you need to receive it. So it actually came to us through the Hispanic Motor Press Guild and a good partner over there, Ricardo, letting us know that the Hispanic community was feeling the same thing. So we've created an EV discovery center this year, bilingual ambassadors, no silly questions, come in and ask anything that's on your mind about this transformation in this period we're in, and then go back out onto the show floor hopefully a little more comfortable, a little bit more informed, and then go talk to the brand ambassadors at the specific automakers that, you know, you have a little bit more information. Then the gold standard is head to the dealer knowing what you want <laughs> versus getting sold at the dealer. Like, no, you walk in informed. This is what I want. What's your best price? Let's, let's make a deal. Along the lines of EVs, another brand, uh, another local brand uh, that I think there's a lot of interest in is Lucid. Uh, when we get to see the the gravity uh, SUV or crossover, what can you tell us about plans for that? Are they going to have a big display? Yeah, they're really excited. We're we're super excited to have them back in the show. They've been really proactive with reaching out to owners and and prospects about coming in and having a really special experience this year. 
I'm, I'm excited to see it too. That, you know, these reveals and these, you think maybe the auto show has the inside scoop. It's like, I see it when everybody else sees it <laughs> and, uh, and like, even at load in it's covered and all that. So it's exciting for us to participate in that moment. They're over in West hall. They'll be right at the front entrance when you walk in. So they're really going all in. Well, it's one of the things that's, if not unique, at least unusual about the LA show. It's not organized by the local dealers. So some of the brands that uh, sell direct to consumer, and we've seen Tesla displays in LA before, and it gives the showgoer a little different experience than they might see in a Detroit or New York. Yeah, I, I you know, from a Los Angeles perspective, that is one of the really unique differentiators going back a few years as well that we were the first to kind of be able to invite in Tesla and Fisker and Mullen and who at Canoe, you know, anybody, the doors are open if you want to use the global platform to promote your wares. And that does kind of separate us. I see, you know, some of the other shows and we talk to them a lot, you know, it's going to have to evolve as the landscape evolves and they'll figure it out. They got their own realities. We feel kind of blessed that we're we're not beholden to any of that, and and we're really just a snapshot of the current state uh, across the board with whoever wants to participate. Are there any EVs in the Kevin Hart collection? No, he's uh, he's all muscle. <laughs> yeah, he he's muscle. Old twentieth century one muscle. Ferrari. Right? One yeah. Ferrari. Yeah. So, but that should be a really fun. Uh, we started talking to those folks a while back, and you know he's got some initiatives with a TV show coming out and he's really passionate about automobiles. So this kind of idea was just born to like, why don't you bring your, your 10 favorites and show them off to the world. Is there a a highlight uh, you'd point to? Do you have a favorite out of his collection? Well, I got to see him first in person. I do like that. He names them all kind of after horror movies or most of them after (laughs) horror movies, which I think is funny. But the mint green is a pretty classy car that I'm excited to look at up close. So before I let you go, you know, there's been a lot of questions, concerns, uh, hand wringing about the state of auto shows. And I think especially the the big auto shows where we with news making product reveals. How do you see the role of auto shows and especially, you know, major events like the Los Angeles show? You know, it's it'll continue to evolve. And, you know, we really we got our back door is Hollywood. And you starting to see, you know, the last few years and with Netflix growth and all of that and streaming's growth, Hollywood itself is really looking at the auto show as this unique platform as well. We've got, you know, we mentioned the Kevin Hart and but we've got a partnership with Hulu and the new Drive with Swiss Beats program. We got a partnership with Neon and their new Michael Mann release, Ferrari, which comes out on Christmas. We're working with a nonprofit who's bringing a bunch of the Fast and Furious cars in. So, you know, they see this audience and the hundreds of thousands of people that come to the show, but the millions we connect with as a platform. And, you know, the automakers will always be the stars. You know, the cars are the stars. And the new and the future is always going to be the central driver of that. But what I think you're seeing in auto shows in general, at least what, what we believe, is the the periphery around it will continue to get more lifestyle, more experiential, more test drives. The um, Ford Bronco off-rodeo experience, you know, they're doing tens of thousands of people who want to get in a Bronco and have that experiential kind of 
introduction to the brand. And I think you're going to keep seeing more and more of that. Hyundai's got a track inside their booth. Volkswagen and Nissan, in an amazing collaboration, came together and are sharing a track. Uh, and so I just think the automakers are reevaluating how they do things. We, we are as the promoter. And if we all listen to the consumers of what they tell us they want at the show, we should win. But, you know, it is, it's a fine balance. It's a dance. David Fortin, Vice President of Marketing for the Los Angeles Auto Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. All right. I appreciate you having me. Make sure to tune in to Daily Drive next week for news and highlights right from the show floor in L.A. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to automotive news journalists Irvash Kakaria, Hans Grimo, Lawrence Iliff, and CJ Moore for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the latest earnings results, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a look at how dealerships are upping the ante in the fight against cybercrime. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.